This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alex Foster, www.alexfoster.me.uk. The Canterbury Tales by Geoffrey Chaucer. Edited by D. Lang Purvis. This reading is based on the book The Canterbury Tales and Other Poems. The original text contains poems by Chaucer and a lot of notes and explanations by the editor. To view these, please visit the Gutenberg e-text link on the LibriVox catalogue page of the Canterbury Tales. The Franklin's Tale Prologue In faith, squire, thou hast thee well acquit, and gently I praise well thy wit, quoth the Franklin, considering thy youth so feelingly thou speakest, sir, I allow thee as to thy doom, there is none that is here of eloquence that shall be thy peer. If that thou live, God give thee good chance, and in virtue send thee continuance, for of thy speaking I have great dainty. I have a son, and by the Trinity it were me lever than twenty pound worth land, though it right now were fallen in my hand, he were a man of such discretion. And yet that be, fie on possession. But if a man be virtuous withal, I have my son snibbed, and yet shall, for he to virtue listeth not intend. But for to play at dice, and to dispend, and lose all that he hath, is his usage. And he had lever talk with a page than to commune with any gentle wicht. There he might learn gentleness a richt. Straw for your gentleness, quoth our host. What, Franklin, pardy, sir, well thou wast, that each of you might tellen be the least, a tale or two, or breaker his behest. That know I well, sir, quoth the Franklin. I pray you have me not in disdain, though I to this man speak a word or two. Tell on thy tale without word as mo. Gladly, sir host, quoth he, I will obey unto your will. Now hearken what I say. I will you not contrary in no wise, as far as that my witters may suffice. I pray to God that it may please you. Then what I tell, that it is good enow. These oldy gentle Bretons in their days, of diverse adventures made lays, rhymed them in their first a Breton tongue, which lays with their instruments they sung, or else read of them for their pleasance, and one of them have I in remembrance, which I shall say with good will as I can, but sirs, because I am a borrow man, at my beginning first I you beseech, have me excused of my ruder speech, I learnt never rhetoric, certain. Thing that I must speak, it must be bare and plain. I slept never on the mount of Parnasso, nor learned Marcus Tullius Cicero. Colours know I none without a dread, but such colours as grow and in the mead, or else such as men die with or paint. Colours of rhetoric be to me quaint, my spirit feeleth not of such matter. But, if you list, my tale shall ye hear. The Franklin's Tale In Armoric, that is called Britannia, there was a knight that loved and did his pain to serve a lady in his best wise, and many a labour, many a great emprise, he for his lady wrought, ere she were won, for she was one the fairest under sun, and eke thereto come off so high kindred, that well uneth's dust for this knight for dread. Tell her his woe, his pain, and his distress, but at the last she for his worthiness, and namely for his unique obeisance, hath such a pity caught of his penance, that privily she fell of his accord, to take him for her husband and her lord, 
of such lordship as men have over their wives, and for to lead them all in bliss their lives, of his free will he swore her as a knicht, that never in all his day he day nor nicht should take upon himself no master eye against her will nor kithe her jealous eye, but her obey and follow her will in all as any lover to his lady shall, save that the name of sovereignty that would he have for shame for his degree. She thanked him, and with full great humbleness she said, Sir, none of your gentleness ye proffer me to have so large a reign, ne would a god never betwixt us twain, as in my guilt, were either war or strife. Sir, I will be your humble true wife. Have here my troth till that my heart abreast. Thus be they both in quiet and in rest. For one thing, sires, safely dare I say, that friends ever each each other must obey, if they will longer hold in company, love will not be constrained by mastery. When mastery comes, the god of love anon beateth his wings, and farewell, he is gone. Love is a thing as any spirit free. Women of kind desire liberty, and not to be constrained as a thrall. And so do men, if soothly I say shall. Look who that is most patient in love. He is at his advantage all above. Patience is a high virtue certain, for it vanquisheth, as these clerks sayn, things that rigour never should attain. For every word men may not chide or plain, learn to suffer, or so may I go. Ye shall it learn whether ye will or no. For in this world certain no wish there is, that he not doth or saith sometimes amiss, ire or sickness or constellation, wine, woe, or changing of complexion, causeth full oft to do amiss or speaken. On every wrong a man may not be reckoned. After the time must be temperance, In every wish that can of governance, And therefore hath his worthy wise knight To live in ease, sufferance her behight. And she to him full wisely gan to swear, That never should there be a default in her. Here may men see a humble wife accord, Thus hath she taken her servant and her lord, Servant in love and lord in marriage, then he was both in lordship and servage. Servage? Nay, but in lordship all above, since he had both his lady and his love. His lady certs, and his wife also, the which that law of love accordeth to. And when he was in this prosperity, home with his wife he went to his country, not far from Penmark, where his dwelling was. And there he lived in bliss and in solace. Who could a tell but he had wedded be the joy, the ease, and the prosperity that is betwixt a husband and his wife? A year and more lasted this blissful life, till that this knight, of whom I spake thus, that of Kerod was called Arvigarus, shop him to go and dwell a year or twain in England, that was called Eke Britain, to seek in armour's worship and honour for all his lust he set in such labour, and dwelled there two years, the book saith thus. Now will I stint of this Arviragus, and speak I will of Dorigen, his wife, that loved her husband as her heart as life, for his absence weepeth she and seeketh, as do those noble wives that them liketh. She mourneth, waketh, waileth, fasteth, plaineth, desire of his presence her so distraineth, that all this wide world she set at nought her friends, which they knew her heavy thought. Comfort her in all they ever they may, they preach her, they tell her night and day that causeless she slays herself, alas, and every comfort possible in this case they do to her with all their business, 
and all to make her leave her heaviness. By process, as ye know in every one, men may so long graven in a stone, till some figure therein imprinted be. So long have they comforted her, till she received hath, by hope and by reason, the imprinting of their consolation. Through which her greater sorrow gan assuage, she may not always durin in such rage, and eke our Viragus, in all of this care, hath sent his letters home of his welfare, and that he will come hastily again, or else had this sorrow her hearty slain, her frienders saw her sorrow gin to slake, and prayed on her knees for God's sake to come and roman in their company, a way to drave her darker fantasy, and finally she granted that request, for well she saw that it was for the best. Now stood her castle faster by the sea, and often with her friends walked she, her to disport upon the bank on high, there as many a ship and barge sigh, sailing their courses where them list to go. But then was that a parcel of her woe, for to herself full oft, alas, said she, is there no ship of so many as I see will bring her home my lord? Then were my heart all warished of this bitter pain's smart. Another time she would sit and think, and cast her iron downward from the brink. But when she saw the grisly rock as black, for very fear she would her heart a quack, that on her feet she might not sustain. Then would she sit down upon the green, and piteously into the sea behold, and say right thus, with careful sykes cold, Eternal God, that through thy purveyance leadest this world by certain governance, in idle, as men say, ye nothing make, but, Lord, these grisly friendly rockers black, that seem rather a foul confusion of work than any fair creation of such a perfect wise God and stable, why have ye wrought this work unreasonable? For by this work north, south, or east, or west, there is not fostered man, nor bird, nor beast. It doth no good to my wit, but annoyeth. See ye not, Lord, how mankind it destroyeth? A hundred thousand bodies of mankind have rockies slain. All be they not in mind, which mankind is so fair part of thy work, thou madest it like to thine own mark. Then seemed it ye had a great charter toward mankind, but how then may it be that ye such meanest make it to destroy, which meanest do no good, but ever annoy? Ay, what well, Clarkus will say as them lest, by arguments, that all is for the best, although I can the causes not ye know, but thilke God, that made the winter blow as keep my lord, this is my conclusion. To clerks leave I all disputation, but would to God that all these rockies black were sunken into hell for his sake, these rocks slay mine heart for all the fear. Thus would she say with many a piteous tear. Her friends saw that it was no disport to roam by the sea, but discomfort, and shop them for to play somewhere else. They led her by rivers and by wells, and eke in other places delectables. They dancen, and they play at chess and tables. So on a day, right in the morning tide, unto a garden that was there beside, in which they had made their ordinance of victual and of other purveyance, they go and play them all the longer day. And this was on the sixth morrow of May, which May had planted with his soft showers. This garden full of leaves and of flowers, and craft of manners' hands so curiously arrayed had this garden truly, that never was there a garden of such price, but if it were the very paradise, the odour of flowers and the fresher sight would have made any heart alight that e'er was born, but if too great sickness or too great sorrow held it in distress, so full it was of beauty and pleasance, and after dinner they began to dance, and sing also, save Dorigen alone, 
who made away her complaint and her moan, for she saw not him on the dance-go that was her husband and her love also. But ne'ertheless she must a time abide, and with good hope let her sorrow slide. Upon this dance, among other men, danced a squire before Dorigen, that fresher was and jollier of array as to my doom than is the month of May. He sang and danced, passing any man that is or was since that the world began. Therewith he was, if man should him describe, one of the best affairing men alive, young, strong, and virtuous, and rich, and wise, and well-beloved, and holden in great price, and shortly of the sooth I tell shall, unweeting of this Dorigen at all, this lusty squire, servant to Venus, which that he called was Aurelius, had loved her best of any creature, two year and more as was his adventure. But never durst he tell her his grievance, without a cup he drank all his penance. He was despaired, nothing durst he say, save in his songers somewhat would he ray. His woe, as in a general complaining, he said he loved, and was beloved nothing. Of such a matter made he many lays, songers, complainters, roundels, virilays, how that he durst not his sorrow tell, but languished, as doth a fury in hell, and die he must, he said, as did Echo for Narcissus, that durst not tell her woe. In other manner, then ye hear me say, he durst not to her his woe betray, save that paraventure sometimes at dances, where younger folk keep their observances, it may well be he looked on her face, in such a wise as man that asketh grace, but nothing wist she of his intent. Nevertheless it happened, ere they then as went, because that he was her neighbour, and he was a man of worship and honour, and she had known him of time yore. They fell in speech, and forth I more and more unto his purpose drew Aurelius. And when he saw his time, he said her thus, Madam, quoth he, by God, that this world a maider, so that I wist it might your heart a gladder. I would, that day that your Arviragus went over sea, that I, Aurelius, had gone where I should never come again, for well I wot my service is in vain, my guerdon is but bursting of mine heart. Madam, rue upon my pain as smart, for with a word ye may me slay or save. Here at your feet God would that I were grave. I have now no leisure more to say. Have mercy, sweet, or you will do me day. She gan to look upon Aurelius. Is this your will? quoth she, and say ye thus? Ne'er erst, quoth she, I wister what ye meant, but now, Aurelius, I know your attent. By Thilke God that gave me soul and life, never shall I be an untrue wife. In word nor work, as far as I am wit, I will be this to whom that I am knit. Take this for final answer as of me. But after that in play, thus said a she, Aurelius, quoth she, by high God above, yet will I grant to you to be your love, since I see you so piteously complain. Looky, what day that end along retain, ye remove all the rockies, stone by stone, that they let, let ship nor boat to gone. I say, when ye have made this coast so clean of rockies, that there is no stone seen, then will I love you best of any man. Have here my troth, in all that I never can, for well I wot that it shall ne'er betide in such folly out of your hair to glide. What dainty should a man have in his life, for to go to love another manner's wife, that hath her body whenever him liketh. Aurelius full often saw Psycheth. Is there none other grace in you? quoth he. 
No, by that lord, quoth she that maked me, Woe was Aurelius, when he that heard, And with a sorrowful heart he thus answered, Madam, quoth he, this were an impossible, Then must I die of sudden death horrible. And with that word he turned him anon. Then came her other friends, many a one, And in the alleys roamed up and down, And nothing waste of this conclusion, But suddenly began to revel new, Till that the brighter sun had lost his hue, For the horizon had reft the sun his light. This is as much to say as it was night. And home they go in mirth and solace, Save only wretched Aurelius, alas! He to his house is gone with sorrowful heart, He said he may not from his death a start. Him seemed that he felt his heart a cold, Up to the heaven his handers gan he hold, And on his knees bare he set him down, And in his raving said his horizon. The very woe out of his wit he brayed, He wist not what he spake, But thus he said with piteous heart, His plaint hath he begun unto the gods, And first unto the sun. He said, Apollo, god and governor, Of every plant, herb, tree, and flower, Thou givest, after thy declination, to each of them his time and his season, And thine herberow changeth low and high. Lord Phoebus, cast thy merciable eye On wretched Aurelius, which that am but lorn. Lo, Lord, my lady, hath my death he sworn, Without a guilt, but thy benignity. Upon my deadly heart have some pity. For well I wot, Lord Phoebus, if you lest, Ye may me help her, save my lady best. Now vouchsafe that I may you devise, how that I may be holp, and in what wise, your blissful sister, Lucina the Sheen, that of the sea is chief goddess and queen, though Neptuners have deity in the sea, yet empress above him is she. Ye know well, Lord, that right as her desire is to be quicked and lighted of your fire, for which she followeth you full busily. Right so the sea desireth naturally to follow her, as she that is goddess both in the sea and rivers more and less. Wherefore, Lord Phoebus, this is my request, do this miracle, or do mine heart a breast, that flow next at this opposition, which in the sign shall be of the lion, as prayer her so great a flood to bring, that five fathom at least at oversprang the highest rock in Armoric Bretagne, and let this flood endure years a twain, then certes to my lady may I say, Holder your hest, the rockies be away. Lord Phoebus, this miracle do for me, Pray her she go no faster course than ye. I say this, pray your sister that she go no faster course Than ye these years too. Then shall she be even at full alway, And spring flood lasteth both night and day. But she vouchsafe in such manera, To grant her me my sovereign lady dear. Pray her to sink every rocker down into her own dark region, under the ground where Pluto dwelleth in, or never more shall I my lady win. Thy temple in Delphos will I barefoot seek. Lord Phoebus, see the tears on my cheek and on my pain have some compassion. And with that word in sorrow he fell down, and longer time he lay forth in a trance. His brother, which that knew of his penance, up caught him, and to bed he hath him brought. Despaired in this torment and this thought, let I this woeful creature lie, choose he for me where'er he will live or die. Arviragus, with health and great honour, as he that was of chivalry the flower, is come home, and other worthy men, O blissful art thou now, thou Dorigen, 
Thou hast thy lusty husband in thine arms, The fresher knight, the worthy man of arms, That loveth thee as his own heart alive. Nothing list him to be imaginative. If any wished had spoke while he was out to her of love, He had of that no doubt, he not intended to know such matter, But danced, jousted, and made merry cheer, And thus in love and bliss I let them dwell, and of the sick Aurelius will I tell, in languor and in torment furious, two year and more lay wretched Aurelius, ere any foot on earth he might have gone, nor comfort in this time had he none, save of his brother, which that was a clerk. He knew of all this woe and all this work, for none other creature certain. Of this matter he durst no word sane, under his breast he bare it more secree than e'er did Pamphilus for gallity. His breast was whole without a foreter seen, but in his heart I was the arrow keen, and well ye know that of a surseigneur in surgery is perilous the cure. But men might touch the arrow or come thereby, his brother wept and wailed privily, till at the last him fell in remembrance that while he was at Orleans in France, as young a clerk as that be liquorous to read an art as that be curious, seeken in every hulk and every hern particular sciences for to learn at him remembered that upon a day at orleans in study a book he say of magic natural which his fellow that was that time a bachelor of law all were he there to learn another craft had privily upon his desk he laughed which books spake much of operations touching the eight and twenty mountains that long unto the moon and such folly as in our days is not worth a fly for holy church's faith in our belief a suffereth none elision to grief. And when this book was in his remembrance, anon for joy his heart began to dance, and to himself he said a privily, My brother shall be worried hastily, for I am sicker that there be sciences by which men make diverse appearances, such as these subtle tragitores play. For oft at feasties have I well heard say that tragitores within a hall are large, have made come in a water and a barge, and in the hall rowen up and down, sometimes hath seen come a grim lion, and sometimes flowers spring as in a mead, sometimes a vine and grapes white and red, sometimes a castle all of lime and stone, and when it them liked, voided it anon. Thus seemed it to every manner's sight. Now then conclude I thus, if that I might, at Orleans some older fellow find, that hath these moon's mansions in mind, or other magic natural above, he should well make my brother have his love. For with an appearance a clerk may make to manner's sight, that all the rockers black of Breton were voided, every one, and ships by the brink come and gone, and in such form endure a day or two, then were my brother warished of his woe then must she needs a holder his behest, or else he shall name her at the least. Why should I longer tale of this? Unto his brother's bed he come and is, and such comfort he gave him, for to gone to Orleans that he upstarts anon, and on his way forthward then is he fair, in hope for to be list of his care. When they were come almost to that city, but if it were a two furlong or three, a young clerk roaming by himself they met, which that in Latin thriftily them gret, and after that he said a wondrous thing, I know, quoth he, the cause of your coming. And ere they farther any foot he went, he told them all that was in their intent. The Breton clerk asked of fellows in which they had a known in older doors, and he answered him that they deader were, for which he wept full often many a tear. 
Down off his horse Aurelius licht anon, And forth with this magician is begone, Home to his house, and made him well at ease, Them lacked no vitail that might them please. So well arrayed a house as there was one, Aurelius in his life saw never none. He showed him, ere they went for to supper, Forests, parks full of wilder deer, And there he saw harts with their horners high, The greatest that were ever seen with eye. He saw of them an hundred slain with hounds, And some with arrows bleed of bitter wounds. He saw when voided were the wilder deer, These falconers upon a fair revere, that with their hawks have the heron slain. Then he saw knights jousting in a plain, and after this he did him such a pleasance, that he him showed his lady on a dance, in which himself danced as him thought. And when this master, that this magic wrought, saw it was time, he clapped his handes to, and farewell all the revel is he go. And yet removed they never out of the house, while they saw all the sights marvellous. But in his study where his bookers be, they sat a-still, and no wished but they three. To him his master called his squire, and said him thus, May we go to supper? Almost an hour it is, I undertake, since I you bade our supper for to make, when that these worthy men went a with me into my study where my bookers be. Sir, quoth his squire, when it liketh you, it is already, though you will right now. Go we then sup, quoth he, as for the best, these amorous folk some time must have rest. At after supper fell they entreaty, what summer should this master's garden be, to remove all the rockers of Bretagne, and eke from Gironde to the mouth of Seine. He made it strange, and swore, so God him save, less than a thousand pound he would not have, nor gladly for that sum he would not gone. Aurelius with blissful heart anon answered thus, Fie on a thousand pound, this wide world, which that men say is round, I would it give, if I were lord of it. This bargain is full driven, for we be knit. Ye shall be paid truly by my troth, but look, for no negligence or sloth, ye tarry us here no longer than to-morrow. Nay, quoth the clerk, have here my faith to borrow. To bed is gone Aurelius when him lest, and well nigh all that night had, I, had he his rest. What for his labour and his hope of bliss, his woeful heart of penance had a liss. Upon the morrow, when that it was day, unto Bretagne they took the richt away, Aurelius and this magician beside, and be descended where they would abide, and this was, as the books me remember, the coldy, frosty season of December. Phoebus waxed old, and hewed like Latoon, that in it was his hota declination, shone as the burned gold with streamers bright, but now in Capricorn adown he light, where, as he shone full pale, I dare well sain, The bitter frosters with the sleet and rain Destroyed have the green in every yard. Janus sits by the fire with double beard, And drinketh of his bugle-horn the wine. Before him stands the brawn of tuscad swine, And Nowell crieth every lusty man. Aurelius, in all that ever he can, Did to his master cheer and reverence, And prayed him to do his diligence, To bring him out of his painer's smart, or with such a sword he would slit his heart, This subtle clerk such ruth had on this man, That night and day he sped him, That he can to wait a time of his conclusion, That is to say, to make illusion, By such an appearance of jugglery, I know no term is of astrology, 
that she and every wish should ween and say that of Britain the rocks were away, or else they were sunken underground. So at the last he hath the time found to make his japes and his wretchedness of such a superstitious cursedness. His tables tolletains forth he brought, full well corrected, there that lacked north, neither his collect nor his expanse years, neither his rooters nor his other gears, as be his centres, and his arguments, and his proportional convenience, for his equations in everything, and by his eight spheres in his working, he knew full well how far Alnath was shove from the heart of that fixed Aries above, that in the ninth sphere considered is, full subtly he calculed all this, when he had found his first amansion, he knew the remnant by proportion, he knew the rising of his moon a well, and in whose face and term and every deal, and knew full well the mooner's mansion, accordant to his operation, and knew also his other observances, for such illusions and such méchances, as heathen folk used in thilke days, which no longer made he delays, but through this magic, for a day or tway, it seemed all the rockies were away. Aurelius, which yet despaired is where he shall have his love or fair amiss, awaited night and day on this miracle, and when he knew that there was none obstacle that voided were these rockies every one, down at his master's feet he fell anon, and said, I, woeful, wretched Aurelius, thank you, my lord, and lady mine Venus, that me have holpen from my care is cold. And to the temple his way forth hath he told, Whereas he knew he should his lady see, and when he saw his time, anon right he, with dreadful heart, and with full humble cheer, saluteth hath his sovereign lady dear. My rightful lady, quoth this woeful man, whom I most dread, and love as I best can, and loathest, were of all this world displeased, were it not that I for you have such disease, that I must die here at your foot anon, nought, would I tell how me is woe begone, but certes, either must I die or plain, ye slay me guiltless for every pain. But of my death, though that ye have no ruth, advise ye, ere that ye break your truth, repent ye, for thilke God above, ere ye me slay, because I you love. For, madam, well ye what have what ye have height, not that I challenge anything of right, of you, my sovereign lady, but of grace, but in a garden yond in such a place, ye wot right well what ye behighted me, and in mine hand your troth plighted ye to love me best, God what ye said so, albeit that I unworthy am thereto, madam, I speak it for the honour of you, more than to save my heart's life right now, I have done so as ye commanded me, and if ye vouchersafe, ye may go see, do as you list, have your behest in mind, for quick or dead, right there ye shall me find. In you has all to do me live or day, but well I wot the rockers be away. He took his leave, and she astonished stood, in all her face was not one drop of blood. She never weened have come in such a trap. Alas, quoth she, that ever this should hap, for weened I ne'er by possibility that such a monster or marvail might be. It is against the process of nature. And home she went, a sorrowful creature, for very fear unearthless may she go. She weeped, wailed all a day or two, and swooned that it ruther was to see, but why it was to no wish to told her she, for out of town was gone Arviragus, 
But to herself she spake, and said thus, with face pale and full sorrowful cheer, in her complaint as ye shall after hear. Alas, quoth she, on thee fortune I plain, that unwearer hast me wrapped in my chain, from which to scape what I no succour, save only death, or else dishonour. One of these two behoveth me to choose, but natheless, yet had I liever lose my life than of my body have shame, or know myself a false, or lose my name, and with my doeth, I make be quitty wis. Hath there not many a noble wife ere this, many a maiden slain herself, alas, rather than with her body do trespass? Yes, certes, lo, these stories bear witness. When thirty tyrants full of cursedness had slain Phidon in Athens at the feast, they commanded his daughters to arrest, and bring her before them in despite, all naked, to fulfil their foul delight. And in their father's blood they made them dance upon the pavement, God give them mischance, for which these woeful maidens full of dread, rather than that they would lose their maidenhead, they privily be start into a well, and drowned themselves, as the bookers tell. They have misseen let inquire and seek of lesser daemon fifty maidens eke, on which they would do their lechery. But there was none of all that company that was not slain, and with a glad intent chose rather for to die than to assent to be oppressed of her maidenhood. Why should I then to die and be in dread? Lo, eke the tyrant Aristocles, that loved a maiden hight Stymphalides, when that her father slain was on a knight, unto Diana's temple went she right, and hent the image in her handes too, from which image she would never go, no wished her handes might it off a race, till she was slain right in the self a place. Now since that maidens had with such despite to be defouled with man's foul delight, well ought a wife rather herself to slay, than be defouled, as it thinketh me. What shall I say of Hasdradubal's wife, that at Carthage bereft herself of life? For when she saw the Romans win the town, she took her children all, and skipped her down into the fire, and rather chose to die than any Roman did her villainy. Hath not Lucretia slain herself, alas, at Rome, when that she oppressed was of Tarquin, for her thought it was a shame to live, when she had lost her name? The seven maidens of Milesy also have slain themselves for very dread and woe, rather than folk of Gaul should them oppress. More than a thousand stories, as I guess, could I now tell as touching this matter. When Abradati was slain, his wife so dear herself slew, and let her blood to glide in Abradati's wounds deep and wide, and said, My body at the least away, there shall no wish defoul, if that I may. Why should I more examples hereof sane, since that so many have themselves slain well rather than that they defouled be? I will conclude that it is better for me to slay myself than to be defouled thus. I will be true unto Arviragus, or else slay myself in some manner, as did Demosione's daughter dear, because she would a not defouled be. O Sedasus! It is full great pity to read how thy daughters died, alas, that slew themselves for such a manner cass. As great a pity was it of well more, the Theban maiden that for Nicanor herself slew, right for such manner woe, another Theban maiden did right so. For one of Macedon had her oppressed, she with her death her maidenhead redressed. What shall I say of Niceratus' wife, that for such case bereft herself of life? How true was eke to Alcibiades, his love, that for to dean rather cheese than to for to suffer his body unburied be, 
Lo, what a wife was Alceste, quoth she, What saith Homer of good Penelope, All Greece knoweth of her chastity. Pardee of Ledimir is written thus, That when at Troy was slain Protisilus, No longer would she live after this day, The same of noble Portia tell I may. Without her Brutus coulda she not live, To whom she did all whole her heart a give. The perfect wifehood of Artimisi, Honoured is throughout all Barbary. O tutor queen, thy wifely chastity to all her wives may a mirror be. Thus plained Dorigen a day or tway, proposing never that she would a day, but natheless upon the third a night home came Arviragus, the worthy knight, and asked her why that she wept so sore, and she gan weepen ever longer more. Alas, quoth she, that ever I was born, thus have I said, quoth she, thus have I sworn and told him all, as ye have heard before, it needeth not rehearse it you no more. This husband with gladder cheer in friendly wise answered, and said, As I shall you devise, is there aught else, Dorigen, but this? Nay, nay, quoth she, God help me so as wis, this is too much, and it were God as will. Yea, wife, quoth he, let sleep her what is still, it may well parventure yet to-day, ye shall your trother hold her by my fay. For God so wisly have mercy on me, I had well lever sticked for to be, For very love which I to ye have. But if ye should your troth to keep and save, Truth is the highest thing that man may keep. But with that word he burst anon to weep, And said, I you forbid, on pain of death, That never, while you lasteth life or breath, To no wish to tell ye this misadventure, And I ye best, I will my woe endure nor make no countenance of heaviness, that folk of you may deem harm or guess, and forth he called a squire and a maid. Go forth anon with Dorigen, he said, and bring her to such a place anon. They take their leave, and on their way they gone, but they not wist a why she thither went. He would no wish to tell her his intent. This squire, which that hight Aurelius on Dorigen that was so amorous, of a venture happened her to meet amid the town, right in the quickest street, as she was bound to go the way forthright toward the garden, there as she had hight. And he was to the gardenwood also, for well he spied when she would go out of her house to any manner place. But thus they met, of a venture or grace, and he saluted her with glad intent, and asked of her wherewithal she went. And she answered, half as were she mad, unto the garden as my husband bade, for troth for to hold, alas, alas! Aurelius gan to wonder on this case, and in his heart had great compassion of her, and of her lamentation, and of Arviragus the worthy knight, that bade her hold that she had had a height. So loath him was his wife should break her truth, and in his heart he caught it of it great ruth, considering the best on every side, that from his lust yet were him lever abide then do so high a churlish wretchedness against franchise and ala gentleness. For which in fewer words he said her thus, Madam, say to your lord Arviragus, that since I see the greater gentleness of him, and eke I see well your distress, that him will ever have shame, and that were ruth, that ye to make me should break thus your truth, I had well lever I to suffer woe than to depart the love betwixt you two. I you release, madam, into your hond, quit every surement and every bond that ye have made to me as here beforn, since thilke time that ye were born. Have here my truth, 
I shall you ne'er reprieve of no behest, and here I take my leave as of the truest and the best a life that ever yet I knew in all my life. But every wife beware of her bewest. On Dorigen remember at the least, thus can a squire do a gentle deed as well as can a knight without a dread. She thanked him upon her knees a bear, and home unto her husband is she fair, and told him all, as ye have heard a said, and trust a me, he was so well appaid, that it were impossible me to write. Why should I longer of this case indict? Arviragus and Dorigen, his wife, in sovereign bliss, her leader forth their life. Ne'er after was their anger then between. He cherished her as though she were a queen. And she was to him true for evermore. Of these two folk ye get of me no more. Aurelius, that as his cost had all forlorn, cursed the time that ever he was born. Alas, quoth he, alas, that I be height of purer gold a thousand pound of white to this philosopher. How shall I do? I see no more, but I am fordue. Mine heritage must I need a sell, and be a beggar. Here I will not dwell and shame on all my kindred in this place, but I of him may get a better grace. But natheless I will of him assay, and certain days year by year to pay, and thank him of his greater courtesy. My troth will I keep, I will not he. With heart a saw he went unto his coffer, and brought a gold unto this philosopher, the value of five hundred pound, I guess, and him beseeched of his gentleness to grant him days of the remnant, and said, Master, I dare well make a vaunt, I failed never of my truth as yet, for sickerly my debt shall be quit towards ye, how so that e'er I fare, to go a-begging in my kirtle bare. But would ye vouchsafe upon surety, two year or three for to respite me, then were I well, for else I must sell mine heritage, there is no more to tell. This philosopher soberly answered, and said a thus, when he these words heard, Have I not holden covenant to thee? Yes, certes, well and truly, quoth he. Hast thou not had thy lady as thee liked? No, no, quoth he, and sorrowfully psyched. What was the cause? Tell me if you can. Aurelius his tale anon began, and told him all as ye have heard before. It needeth not to you rehearse it more. He said, Arviragus of gentleness had lever die in sorrow and distress than that his wife were of her troth the false. The sorrow of Dorigen he told him else, how loth her was to be a wicked wife, and that she had lever had lost that day her life, and that her troth she swore through innocence she ne'er erst had speaketh of apparence that made her have of her so great pity, and write as freely as her sent her to me, and freely sent I her to him again. That is all some and some, there is no more to say. The philosopher answered, Leave her brother, ever reach of you did gently to the other. Thou art a squire, and he is a knight, but God forbid, for all his blissful might, but if a clerk could do a gentle deed as well as any of you, it is no dread. Sir, I release thee thy thousand pound, as thou right now were crept out of the ground, for never e'er thou hadst known me. For, sir, I will not take a penny of thee, for all my craft, nor naught of my travail, thou hast he paid well for my vitale. It is enough, and farewell, have good day. And took his horse, and forth he went his way. Lordings, this question would I ask enow, which has the most afree as thinketh you. Now tell me, Ere that ye father wend, I can no more. My tale is at an end. End of the Franklin's Tale Read in Nottingham, England 
on the 16th of July 2006. www.alexfoster.me.uk